Hello <laughs> and welcome to Where's My Freaking Dressing Room, a podcast where we discuss the world of classical music and what things are really like backstage. I'm Alex. And I'm Helen. And today we are going to discuss uh, auditions and competitions and everything that comes within those brackets. We thought this might be um, quite a timely episode to release around now because uh, no doubt uh, a lot of singers out there have just gone through an absolutely mad uh, period of potentially applying for various programmes for which they've had to do various auditions. There are lots of uh, competitions that are happening around now. And so we thought we would try and pick up on a few things that have come up for us across the last few months, but also the trials and tribulations of auditioning in person, because uh, mm. the differences between in person and online are many. So we're going to try and cover uh, a little bit of both as best we can. So I think over the last few months, um, a lot of us have been uh, getting to grips with and grappling with uh, the very tricky world of video auditions. Um I think certainly if you've been applying for any kind of uh, conservatoire course or if you've been attempting to enter any competitions, um, what with the kind of coronavirus guidelines uh, at the moment, essentially everything now is a video audition. And, um, you know, maybe maybe I'm in the minority here, but I certainly find myself becoming the uh, director editor, producer, sound engineer of my own private movie. And it's terrible. (laughs) And they're terrible too. (laughs) Um, I think it's, it's been a huge ask of singers and musicians to get to grips with this kind of technology. Um, I know lots of people are having to make massive changes given the times that we're currently in, but I do think Asking musicians to to start producing and and you know sending out their own their own videos is is such a big request and and kind of on top of that I know lots of singers who at the same time as having to make these videos have had to isolate or have had to be you know in their own home and they can't leave their flat and so it's like they literally are just a one man band attempting to get these videos together. And um, it's been quite interesting uh, from my perspective recently, um, just as we're coming into the new term at Conservatoire, a little bit of the work that we've been doing is actually uh, watching other people's audition videos. And um, yeah, it has been really interesting because you start to not like see what's right and wrong, but it's like what works for certain people and what doesn't. And also, you know, uh, our head of vocal has, has given some feedback on things panels perhaps prefer to see versus what they prefer not to see so we watched a few videos where uh, our singers have been kind of face on so the camera is kind of directly uh, in front of their face and our head of vocal was very much like this is the kind of preference you know we want to be able to see your face completely direct so that you're engaging us with the camera and I also know that there were some questions were asked about um actually something that I prefer which is the camera being at a slight side angle so when I've done my little videos and what have you uh, I tend to have the camera so that my face is slightly angled essentially not directly towards it like a three-quarter profile sort of thing exactly because in my head uh, I find it a bit awkward trying to engage a dead camera yeah so I was like well, I'm going to try and do it as if I'm giving a live performance and you're watching that. That was kind mm-hmm. of the approach I was going for. Mm-hmm. Um, but our, yeah, our head of vocal wasn't totally pro that. However, uh, maybe a couple hours later in that same session, um, 
somebody offered their video, which was at a three quarter profile, and she loved it. She <laughs> this really brilliant. And it was, it was a really good performance. And actually, it really works for that specific singer to be at that three quarter profile. And so I guess so much of it, you know, the, the kind of takeaway from that session was actually, if it's good, and it works for you, you can kind of just do what you like in a way. Wow. And also, I reckon so many, like, this is new for the panels as well. Right. So true. Yeah. So they probably don't really know what they want either. They're just looking for a good performance. They're looking for a good voice. A good. I think that's you know. it, isn't it? And it's um, there are so many different elements that make up that that good performance. So it's you know I've been trying to get into the habit of having a very clean background. So there's mm. not a lot of stuff to kind of distract you. Washing. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah you know loads of pictures that kind of thing yeah trying to make the background as clean as possible also you know trying to wear something that I think is is suitable i.e you know it looks professional uh you know maybe not like the the all-out concert dress but it's like if I have like a a flattering kind of black dress that I think is just gonna do the job because I'm at a funeral (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> then yeah, trying, yeah okay. trying to go with that kind of thing um but I again watching other people's recordings I was aware of the varying recording quality and that made me a little bit anxious because you know I, I don't have a huge amount of uh, kit uh, I haven't got a specific microphone for that kind of thing I've been doing it off uh, my phone and like a separate camera like a ah. a Canon camera oh I really don't know uh, it's Jamie's camera thanks Jamie <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah and I've been trying to work with both of those and I've always been happy with what I've heard and what I've seen but then I was watching somebody's video and uh, they'd used a lot of the um kit that you can get from college and like so they had used specific microphone for the voice specific microphone for the piano they'd obviously done the editing on all of that audio stuff and I I was uh, a little bit stressed because I was like gosh was it very different not like worlds apart but I was like gosh that's a really good quality recording Mm -hmm. and uh you know I was thinking about the stuff that I've recorded obviously with mine it's like you're just getting loads of the room uh because you're just in a room and um with hers it was very close mic'd and you know, I had a chat with my teacher about it and I said I was a little bit concerned. And, you know, again, she was very much like, if it's a good performance, it's still going to be a good performance, irrespective of what your your microphone's picking up. You know, they'll know and they'll recognise the confidence in your in your presentation. They'll recognise the confidence in your technique. OK, yeah. yes, mm-hmm. that quality of recording might be a bit better than the others. But then my teacher was saying... There's also, you know, recordings out there that are of, like the highest possible quality that are absolutely tragic. So, and it's, you know, it's so it's so variable. And as you say, like everybody mm-hmm. is kind of just getting used to using this technology. But it does make you worry that, you know, for people that, yeah, I suppose like myself included, I can't really afford a microphone, a, a, you know, a brand new camera, et cetera, at this time because it's such a tight time. You do worry that some people stand at a massive That's advantage. Strange. Mm -hmm. um yeah and I think kind of in line with that uh quite recently I made the commitment to to investing some money into getting some recordings done and my intention at that point was for these recordings to be part of like a an audition package of videos I was thinking of a very kind of specific course at that time and so just before kind of lockdown so it was it was right early new year um I went to a venue and uh, I hired a pianist and we recorded some stuff together and uh I was pleased with with what it came out with and um you know I then spent the next couple of days trying to get all of these 
videos ready and then um the particular course that I was really kind of working towards um extended their deadline by over two months (laughs) 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 I actually still can't laugh about it it's too bitter (laughs) and um I do understand the whole point was because we'd just gone into lockdown. They were trying to give mm-hmm. people that couldn't record the chance to, to to get something together. However, two months is a really long time, you know, especially like being in conservatory at the moment and constantly trying to better and improve. So a little bit of me was, was really kind of frustrated because I'd invested that money to make these recordings for this course. And now I kind of feel that I should do that again again however i i don't really have the funds for that and um it's it's just so tricky isn't it because i'm sure loads of people obviously probably contacted them being like we're stuck you know we we can't apply what are we supposed to do but then on the other hand it's like i know a lot of people now that had prepared their recordings for this deadline and we're all a bit like do we re-record yeah also over christmas and new year it's so annoying to have to well just think about that right so the fact that you did and you got it done and everything yeah great but now to not be able to use it it's like oh great (laughs) yeah and I yeah exactly like you say you know a lot of my Christmas break was kind of being like yeah we're practicing today we're preparing today Mm. we're getting ready for this blah 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 and um you know I'm pleased with what I came out with and I'm I'm hoping to put those videos to separate use so it's not that they're completely you know dead in the water it's just um it's frustrating and again it's not quite the same as changing an audition deadline is it where where you'd you were supposed to be going on that day and now you're going a week later it's it's a real there's so much more preparation that has to go into making these video recordings. And I suppose my final point on this topic um, Finally. is to kind of speak quite specifically on the kind of music college audition process mm. over the Christmas mm. period. Um, you know, a number of the colleges initially were, were trying to press for in-person auditions. And I felt that that was very honorable and exciting in a way because it was like oh my gosh I haven't seen a person finally yeah and then obviously the situation deteriorated and I completely understand that every school made the decision to go online that's fine um but every school had a slightly different application process a slightly different set of requests as to what was being asked you know from from applicants different platforms etc and you know say you've made the decision to apply to four five maybe even six schools that is a huge amount mm, to, to figure out how to do and and how to bring together. And, um, you know, it was the deadlines were, were insane, really. Um, you know, a couple of them, it was kind of you had your UCAS application in and then you had to have your full video ready to go within two weeks. And that was what, mid-October. And it's like, I don't almost feel comfortable submitting myself singing right now. Mm. You know, how is me singing now going to show you anything close to what I might look like in a year? In a year, yeah. And then similarly with the ones that were, were Christmas deadlines, all of their deadlines were on the same day. And it was like, oh, <laughs> no. why can't we all call the coordinates somehow? And um, I, I kind of was just like, why isn't there just one platform that I can upload my three arias to and all the schools can look at it? You know, surely that just takes out the, a colossal amount of stress and workload mm-hmm. for every person applying. It was a stressful situation, um, and I, I will not lie, I made some mistakes. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not going to 
relay all of them, but uh, there was one point where um, one school had asked for some English spoken text, which they literally meant to be uh, like an excerpt of English text. Uh, so I <laughs> I chose Truman Capote's In Cold Blood because it's one of my favourite books. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be so cool when I read it. So dark. Um, so I did that for one school. And then another school asked for pretty much in the same wording, English spoken text. But what they were referring to was like, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, tell us about your history. You know, what kind of musical experience do you have? Um, and so I submitted this reading. <laughs> about like this man attempting to like murder someone else. And I was literally like, Pretty really accurate for you. He had a dark soul. <laughs> And I only realised after I submitted it because someone was like, I almost made a massive mistake. And I was like, really? Did you? That's, <laughs> that's an interesting story you just told me there. I really, I have to go home immediately. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was, it was a fun time. We could laugh uh, about it now. <laughs> I'm sure they would have appreciated getting that from you, though. Rather than like, oh, God, what's she going to say this time? You're like, I'm a murderer. Good, you know. Yeah, this is gonna spice up their their Monday morning viewing. I mean, that's that's <laughs> even if they viewed it, you know, like who who even knows? Have you done many audition kind of uh, video things? Al? What's your? No, I haven't no? actually. I've. You're too good for them. I'm I'm far too good. He doesn't audition anymore. <laughs> I don't need to, darling. I really haven't. I did a couple of arias for for some friends yeah. uh, to put up uh, and to share. And yeah, that was that was very stressful and took a lot of time. But there was that was without having the stress of an application to go with that. This yeah. was just uh, friends to show people. Um, and I can't imagine having to do it to a fixed deadline or, or, you know, all of the things that you're talking about. That would have been awful because for me, it was like, oh, well, this will do. You know, it's not a matter of life and death. Or not that you were going to die, but you know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was stressful enough. Uh, And I guess maybe it is a good thing that we get used to editing videos and editing sound and just getting to know how that works. Yeah, I agree with that. But to be thrown in at the deep end immediately, you know, obviously it takes... People do train to, to do these things. And the fact that it's like, oh, singers, just like do it now. A hundred percent. And like, it, you know, I'm I'm curious when eventually this, you know, industry recovers in whatever way it recovers. Like, oh, I understand the amazing thing of like, we can do it all. But it's like, you're cutting people out of jobs here mm-hmm. because it's like, well, if I can do it all myself. I don't need the sound engineer. A hundred percent. And I, I, I totally understand if you happen to have the expendable income, then yes, I, I, I would totally pay the sound engineer. Mm-hmm. Like, um, But, you know. It doesn't really seem fair. And something we talked a lot about is like that kind of um, trying to find a way of focusing and like being in one place at one time and, and really having your head in that moment. And I, I find with, again, being expected to be this kind of chameleon that can can do all these various roles. It's, it is really hard to actually keep your head focused because, you know, as you're as you're singing on the video, you're then sometimes your head's going and it's like, oh, my goodness, like I can hear a siren. Like, yeah. do I need to edit that out? Like, how's that going to work? And you know, I I think that's that's a really um it's a it's a really tricky request and I I don't think it necessarily helps like the the singing process. I understand that it's necessary at this time. I just wonder is there a slightly easier slash more efficient way of doing it? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I guess I guess what's 
frustrating is as you said like the maybe it's unfair to say the lack of awareness but like the lack of communication between musicologists to try and make it as easy as possible for singers at this time 100 percent, and like these big schools are never going to be without applicants you know mm. there's always going to want to be people applying and taking part and and studying at these you know really lauded and celebrated yeah, yeah, yeah exactly however it doesn't mean that, you, yeah, you, you can just start, you know... Treating not, them like shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and considering how difficult things are, particularly for this kind of uh, generation that are either applying to university, mm. applying to postgrad, trying to, you know, figure out their career. Um, it's a lot, you know, everything that's happening right now. And, and to kind of put all that time and effort into your application to perhaps get, uh, you know, no kind of feedback, no... no uh no additional thought on all that time you've spent and I, I was thinking about that as well you know if you were to go and audition of course there's a huge amount of preparation that goes into that but it is very much a kind of in the moment thing you you give your audition and with a lot of them you find out then and there whether you're going to be mm-hmm. uh considered or not and so it's like the 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 celebration either happens there or the pain happens there and it's all in quite a controlled uh circumstance almost whereas mm-hmm. in this situation it's like the amount of behind the scenes work that you're having to do uh, in terms of preparing the videos getting them online writing whatever written application that needs to go with it etc etc um yeah to then get told in an email that you're either through or you're perhaps not through and if you're not through to ask for maybe feedback and nobody's not nobody but certain institutions aren't very forthcoming it it can feel it can feel quite dismissive and you know Mm -hmm. these institutions talk about wanting to kind of cultivate creativity in in you know various artists and it's like right what do I do with no feedback how do I improve with no feedback and you you know yeah so many places talk about audition feedback some being like some of the best feedback you can get because it's Mm. like you know a panel have watched you cold made some assessments and you know move on and it's like you know maybe you don't want to hear all of their assessments but a little feedback might give you an idea of some crucial things you can work on mm-hmm. to improve going forward but with 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 no feedback like what what do you do with that also during my time at music college um i remember 99 years ago <laughs> oh so long ago god so professional now um so well developed in uh we would have uh, like professional development talks or whatever they were I don't really remember but they were great um but but you know part of them were saying you know hound the panel for feedback you can really? only improve with feedback yeah we were told that all the time hence I'm so pretty in my emails where you know I'm always like give me feedback give me feedback give me feedback because that's what's been drilled into me by that conservatoire so that's interesting how very interesting anyway that's enough about crappy online auditions let's get some some real in-person experience stories alex hit me um so one thing that i would love to talk about is maybe it's a bit unfair because i know they do so much hard work but sometimes when you when you go for auditions or competitions or something and and you can't necessarily work with someone on the piano or harpsichord that you have worked with before, and you're just allocated someone, and then the difficulties that arise from that. So, for example, over summer, um, I took part in the competition, and I think for some reason the real harpsichord player couldn't travel, probably for COVID reasons or whatever. So one of their pupils 
who was studying in the town where the competition was taking place, uh, took, took over their slots. So I arrived. We had our rehearsal and she was a brilliant player. She was really, really good. Uh, like the rehearsal was fab, um, like really good at reacting. She was really fun. I practiced my Italian with her. Ciao. Uh, (laughs) um, I I know right it's amazing yeah she was great and the rehearsal went really well the one thing that happened was one of my arias was a dal segno and not a da capo aria and um, while we were rehearsing she she didn't spot that and went back to the top and and then we got horrendously out obviously but you know rehearsal and I was like ha 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 better now than later in the in the show right (laughs) ha And she was like, yes, yes, agreed, better now. Uh, So, you know, thought nothing of it, fine. She had obviously had to play for a number of people that day. And I think she had done the four previous candidates before I went in for my slot in, in the actual competition. And she looked so frazzled this poor poor girl um like there were just sheets of paper strewn everywhere around her um her hair was just like slightly awry she was biting her nails she just looked like I don't know she was done she was done she was done and she was really nervous because the room was full of like 15 people from around Europe and like big opera houses and stuff and for her, I guess she was she was sort of auditioning for them. Yes, yes. This is her chance to show what a great repetiteur she is. Anyway, so she, uh, well, she went very fast <laughs> uh, during, and no matter what I did, she she was just off on one. Yeah, I I just didn't have a choice. So it's like, okay, I follow you, and then uh, that same mistake happened with the Del Seno and the De Capo, and I. I kind of thought she'd done that. Yeah. Um, but but in the in the moment I was like, well, I can't I don't want to risk missing my entry. So I just came in where where as if she had done it the whole thing. Because it sounds super, super similar. Yeah. And then after about five bars, it was obviously wrong and she stopped playing. So I just carried on, you know, la 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 la, don't I sound great? <laughs> um but she and and I could hear her like turning lots of pages and like breathing heavily and panicking. Uh, and she still didn't come in. And then it got to a bit where it was just the harpsichord, you know, a little a little ritornello, and there was just silence. So I just stood there, like carried on trying to act. Oh, well done you. <laughs> and and the yeah, it was just yeah, it was it was terrible. Uh, <laughs> and you know, I I I understand. Well, I was so pissed off. And and the panel, as understanding as they can be, like, that is my performance, my chance. It's only 10 minutes and there are like 180 people in the first round. That is my performance ruined because... You know, they they have to choose like fifteen people from that to go through to the semis, and, and we did like restart, uh, and and we carried on. We finished the piece, and you know, I had a little like haha, thanks to the panel, and they just like ran away. Uh, but it was it's just <laughs> my heart is like breaking. It's too much. <laughs> oh. oh, it was so yeah, a mixture of so much anger, but also I was so it was so funny as well. Yeah, yeah. But, 
mainly anger. Um, <laughs> yeah, and bizarrely, I've had like hilarious uh, pianist experiences in the past, or all, all, all like weirdly similar to that in many ways. Maybe I'm just impossible to work with. Hmm. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but it does make me miss working with people now because I, you know, I don't know the last time I was in a room with a real a real other person working together with people <laughs> so I now miss all of all of these funny stories <laughs> I think it's so hard for accompanists you know they're expected to play for so uh, and also I don't know about that particular situation but if it's a situation where you can't bring your own accompanist well it was abroad and uh, yeah well, sure yeah. you're not gonna fly them up yeah sure didn't, didn't no, think indeed, about that yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah of course of course but yeah like in those situations where you can't work with an accompanist like what do you do with that and you know I'm I'm finding in this particular time where it's like a lot of the work we're having to do is with uh backing track yeah and so it's like you're singing along to your backing track and you get so used to the speed uh the the inflection of that particular recording so that I, I I've done a couple like very small things with a pianist and I I found myself being very inflexible because I was just so used to the backing track mm-hmm. by that point and um yes of course there's that whole thing of the you know your you're trying to lead the speed maybe that you want to go at so there is you need to have that kind of well this is my speed so please can we go at sure. my speed? Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time though I, I found myself not being very responsive to the piano because I was uh, in my head I just kept going oh that's not what I expected well that's not what I expected so mm-hmm. you know like rather than working with it's like listening it's like listening to one recording over and over again then you hear another one you're like oh that's wrong Klemperer yeah. does it like this and it's like <laughs> Yeah, it's exactly that. And um, I worry that I'm losing that, like being responsive to another player. And I'm I'm, given this time, it probably is happening because I'm not exercising that that kind of musical muscle at all. And I'm sure it'll come back. But, you know, it's a bit sad, isn't it? When you're, yeah, like I did some work with this pianist and in my head I thought, gosh, I'm really not, I'm not responding and I would love to be, but I'm so, all I can do is compare to the recording I know really, really well now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's super unusual. And, and also, you know, for you, Al, like a lot of the stuff that you sing is very, um, a lot of it's very quick, um, yeah. but you need it to be quick at your speed, you know, because it's a lot of fast coloratura and text. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that is, you know, if somebody sets off at the wrong speed for you, that's so hard. You're screwed. Yep. You were kind of saying just there that you try to finish strong that is what you have to do but in your head you're just going like no no (laughs) and also I don't know there's something when you when you look back on it it's like imagine observing that from the panel and seeing like this guy like really trying to like ignore what's going on and then just seeing this like car crash in the corner you know pages flying everywhere it is funny but it's like that's all I could do at that time just like make the most of it just like carry on everything's fine you know you'll have been accredited for that though because I'm sure versus somebody that completely stops you know, there's so much chat about not doing that. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, you know, people will have thought like, yeah, you know, that was absolutely the right thing to do, given your your situation. Feeding off that kind of live audition um, experience, mm-hmm. um, something we, we were also thinking about was kind of that live panel experience, you know, and, and different issues with the panel and different situations with the panel. Um, you know, I, I think you and I have both had experiences where, 
sometimes you know people on the panel and uh, you know I think both of us are still not quite sure what the correct uh, etiquette is and um, you know I, I had an experience maybe a year ago or so and I, I knew one of the people on the panel and I walked in and everybody said good evening I think it was you know like everybody was saying hello and I had to shake all their hands and I got to the person that I knew and literally they looked at me like they'd never seen me before and they were very just like hello yes and I was like okay thank you and then you're just a little bit off kilter because you're like that was a bit rude like Mm -hmm. I've known you for quite a long time I know you in a number of different contexts fine so then gave the audition whatever and then um and then they asked a couple of questions after the audition and this person that I know kind of pipes up in support of my experience so I can't remember what it was but they were like oh you know you've done xyz and the person down on the panel was like oh yeah well you know me and Helen blah 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 and I was like dude what's that like you pretend like you don't know me and now you're all like Oh, well, friends. me and Helen go way back. And it's like, well, uh, 20 minutes ago, we didn't look like we went way back. What's that? And I just, you know, I, I know there's no definite way of doing things. I just, I really can't cope with that. That mm. I think we were also talking about the other way around. I think, were you saying like... Uh, yes, no one was super, super friendly. And I just could not place her. I was like, <laughs> how do I know you? You're so familiar. And yeah, you seem really nice. And I want to be friendly back. Um, yeah. But then it's like, i that's what I spent my audition thinking about. And like, do I smile at you while singing? Or, uh, yeah, it, <laughs> it was a welcome distraction. I was kind of saying before, I find a camera very difficult in audition scenarios because it's like you get nothing to kind of feedback from. But in, in like almost in equal measure, I remember giving an audition, yeah, it'd be about a year ago again now. And, you know, it's a comical aria. You know, I'm I'm, I'm playing for humour and literally, like, everybody's looking at me, completely oh. stone-cold reactions. Uh, one woman was just looking at the plate of biscuits. Yeah. <laughs> like, Fair enough. Wow, <laughs> I must be really shit. <laughs> and I remember, like, talking to somebody about the panel afterwards and they were like, oh, yeah, they were really, like, unresponsive. And I was just like, yeah, but... It's not fair. And I know it must be so tough because, again, I'm probably like person nine billion of, of the day. It's that job, though. Yeah, I know. I'm like, you're being paid to do this. Yeah. Just, just even, even one half smile is better than biscuit face. Like, <laughs> don't, I can't tell if that's worse than a camera. I, I think it actually might be. <laughs> oh, panel. And uh, I was just thinking about what you were saying there with the audition you did abroad. That, so there, there were 15 people. It was huge. Yeah stressful mm-hmm. that's like the apprentice final round Indeed. situation and also also like a bizarrely small room with everyone in uh, <laughs> <laughs> and this was in the months when everything was fine covid wise haha um so there were more relaxed rules where I was going, where the competition was compared to where I had been. So I was quite conscious of like social distancing and, you know, so I was like, Oh, do you want me to like face away from you guys or not face away, but like diagonally, they were like, no, why? (laughs) 
Why would you do that? I was like, oh, stupid question. Sorry. Just don't want to give you COVID. Yeah, I think, you know, large panels, very stressful. A lot mm. of people, where do you look? Who do you look at? Do you eyeball Shut your eyes. one by one? <laughs> I like to stare until they look back. If yeah. they look bored, I'm like, I'm going to stare until you acknowledge yeah. my stare. <laughs> I guess another thing that that's leads on from that, actually, and talking to the panel is whether you have to do like a formal introduction or something when you first walk in to the live audition or competition space. Nightmare. I had one competition two years ago, I think, in Italy. Uh, and they were like, oh, spoken introduction, of course, in Italian. I was like, well, of course. Um, so I, I prepared my little Italian introduction of myself yeah. and, you know, practiced it a couple of times because... I was slightly nervous about that part compared to the singing. Um, and, and I walk in, I was like, ah, oh, buongiorno. And they were like, buona sera. Uh, <laughs> and in such a flat way, I was like, oh, well, I've already ruined that. So I was just like, okay, I'm going to sing this. <laughs> oh, darling. <laughs> and I don't know, maybe they didn't even mean to be like, well, it's actually buona sera now, not buongiorno. But in my mind, I was like, I've ruined it. It's just all gone wrong. <laughs> Also because you're nervous about it. So any feedback, you're like, wrong. (laughs) Exactly. It was funny. I had to give like a short recital. It had been last January, my goodness, um, as part of uh, the the course. And, you know, I kind of checked all the little rules and regulations about what I had to do beforehand. And so I, I, you know, had my scores for my pianist. Uh, I had, and I prepared like a short talk about why I'd picked Mm. um these pieces and I was quite pleased actually I thought I'd come up with quite a unique theme and my my theme was don't get mad get even and it was uh kind of songs and arias about overcoming obstacles and mastering situations you know like being a mezzo the various roles and kind of songs that you that are naturally kind of written for you there aren't loads and loads and so it's not you know all your love and loss like which is Mags. yeah yeah it's all of this it's about like difficulty and overseeing that so um yeah I brought together a, a program that I was really pleased with and I had double checked as to whether I needed to uh send through um a description of the program I'd done that so theoretically they had that so I go in um I sing my first aria and then I was preparing to do my speech in the kind of break between first aria and first song um finished the aria and then I started talking and um you know same as you I had rehearsed that numerous times because I wanted to get it right I wanted to get the flow right I was on a time limit and I I was looking at them and they'd started kind of you know like pouring at the different bits of paper on the table so I was like they're looking for something and I don't know what that is so I keep talking so I'm not gonna stop no of course (laughs) um and I finished my little speech and um they were like Helen sorry um did you send through the the scores of the pieces that you would be singing today and I was like no because nobody told me to I was like I I double checked and I sent through the description of everything I was singing today and they were like oh we don't have that and and you know you're like well that that's not my fault that's not my fault yeah exactly yeah yeah. but you're feeling uncomfortable now because you're like oh my goodness I don't have something that they want you want um and they were like well fortunately like we know everything in the program so you know we don't we don't necessarily (laughs) need to but um, it makes you nervous because you're you're delivering text, which is perhaps something that we're not so trained to do. So looking at them, like looking for something, I was just like, stop, stop. Whatever you're looking for, you can't find it. Look at me and pretend to engage with what mm-hmm, I'm saying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Talking is 
super stressful. I find I, yeah, like you say, I rehearse that more. Mm. So like, what if I mess up my words and I can't remember what I was supposed to say? I know, right? It's funny, in some ways, in a recital context, yeah. I really enjoy the talking. Yeah. Well, you would hope that in a recital context, they're not all marking you in the yeah. in the audience. You know, yeah. they're there to enjoy it. So you're, by talking about the pieces you're about to or have performed, you're helping them enjoy it. Yeah, that's a really good point. And in a way, like, I find when, when people talk, you know, just a little bit, um, I enjoy that because I'm like, you, you know what you're singing about. You've obviously mm. done some work to kind of bring this program together. And I appreciate that, that conscientious thought versus... I, you know, I don't want a lecture. I have not come here. No, no. We've all been to those places where there are lectures. No, 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 no. But um, yeah, just a little like drop of information that's like, oh, you know, I've paired this with this because yeah, then you're like, oh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, question for you, Helen, because I haven't really done many of these online uh, video auditions. Like, has it changed how you would dress like for the audition on video compared to what you would wear for the audition in person like has it yeah yeah um do you still wear a ball gown where um it's been funny actually because I've been barefoot for almost all of the things I've done on video because you don't have to wear shoes in your own flat do you and um actually I find (laughs) I practice a lot barefoot anyway and um for me it's Mm -hmm. like I feel way more stable uh when I'm barefoot um so when I did recently I did um some auditions videos in person and uh, I wore shoes and I was like oh shoes no yeah (laughs) and uh, I'm as you know I'm terrible in heels I suck at walking in heels so So when people like sing in proper heels I have so much respect for them because it is so hard to feel grounded in a pair of heels I just all I can think about is my calves and how my calves are like (laughs) and uh, I do remember my singing teacher being like you must fix this <laughs> and I was like oh yeah okay now is your chance go around in heels all the time I bought sometime last year a pair of heels so like they are relatively low a square heel so they're more stable and I was like I must get used to wearing these have I done that no absolutely no. not I just I it's just so nice being in bare feet and being really really stable and then in terms of like what I wear I mean again I'd be interested to hear like what anybody listening to this thinks and feels but um I used to for auditions I had a couple of dresses that I really really liked what I didn't think about when I wore them was um how they felt on my body uh what I liked was like I like the color schemes and I like the way they made me look but actually like when I would wear them they were quite structured and potentially tight around my middle and so actually I'd go into these auditions already holding my breath (laughs) because I was like I'm so slim (laughs) actually over the course of lockdown and the various lockdowns we've been in I've got much better at um picking outfits that allow me to breathe fully and um I am actually wearing a lot more like full-length dresses because they're just they're comfortable and they look good and they like I can fully expand and I'm not sitting there like oh my goodness that's terrible (laughs) and actually having said that of course it's not terrible anybody can look however they want want. exactly and um yeah I'm I'm, I suppose I'm just more pleased that I realized that some of the things I was wearing were detrimental to the singing and um I think we're also like you know moving into a better time in terms of like women being able to wear other stuff and uh yeah I have like a nice kind of trouser and black jacket that I'll wear with like various different 
colored shirts and floral shirts and things thinking and um I feel really comfortable in that I, I prefer to wear trousers in general and um yeah you know there's less kind of judgment I, I think on what people are wearing but, but I think so much of it is literally just like as long as you feel comfortable and you're able to to execute your singing while you know and your clothes aren't impairing that yeah you know you do you I mean, yeah, last time I saw you, I think you were in like a full cravat situation. Uh, <laughs> you love a suit. You're you're like natural in a suit. Oh, I love a suit. Love a suit. Love a suit. Love a nice, like a loud jacket as well. Yes, you do. Smart I and do. loud. Yeah, that's important. <laughs> With a plain shirt, plain trousers. <laughs> Maybe some loud socks as well. I remember seeing you in a competition and um, yeah, you got me like a ticket to come and see you. I was on my own and it was quite a fancy venue. I remember that very well. Mm. And um, I hadn't seen you beforehand and uh, you came out and you had like this loud jacket and I was literally like, hello. Boom. He is here. (laughs) Got to make that impression. Yeah. I need to burn my image onto people's retinas so that they never (laughs) forget me. (laughs) I think they they matched very nicely what I was singing because my characters were like strong, slightly mental characters. So yeah. I was like, yeah, this jacket totally worked for this performance. It's fascinating, like when when you see people that look at home in the clothes that they're in. I I think that does make such a, a colossal difference. Well, that's a wrap. I think it would be great to hear from all of you guys listening. Uh, if you have any funny stories or, or, or just stories, <laughs> uh, just let us know your thoughts regarding video auditions and what you think of them and, and what your experiences have been. You know, it's, it's a funny time for everyone. So it's good to have people talking about it rather than, you know, I haven't really spoken. You're the only person who's really spoken honestly about your video auditions to me I've never heard about all of this before it's and it's curious because before you know people would always talk about like oh this this happened ha 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 uh but now obviously I guess because we don't people don't bump into each other in the same way now yeah um so there's not the same chance to chat so like yeah use this as an opportunity speak to us yeah we'd love to hear your thoughts you know I can't be the only person that messed up 99% of their audition videos right (laughs) (laughs) right yeah no we'd love to hear from you guys so uh if you've got any stories any thoughts and feedback that you want to share with us please do get in touch. Our email address is where's my freaking dressing room at gmail.com. Our online, oh, what's it called? Our website is www.where'smyfreakingdressingroom.com. And we're on social media. Our Instagram is at dressing room pod. Our Facebook is at dressing room pod. And our Twitter is at dressing room PO1. Um, yeah, get in touch. Give us a like, give us a subscribe if you so fancy. And uh, go on, give us a review. You know you want to. But yeah, for now, loads of love and thanks very much for listening. Bye. Bye.